Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis podcast show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Ronnie Landis is an integrative nutritionist, transformation coach, and human behavioral specialist. He brings on some of the world's leading thought leaders to deliver to you the most cutting-edge information and unique perspectives so you can create the life of your dreams. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now. Aloha, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And as always, I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I am also the founder of the Holistic Health Mastery Program. This is my online holistic nutrition certification course, which is designed to take a student from the basics of natural nutrition all the way to the most cutting-edge areas of integrative health and lifestyle transformation. This program is really unlike anything else that's ever been available on the internet, featuring a comprehensive 70-video lesson curriculum, 55 bonus videos, a student community support group, and a monthly live video training with me personally, which is like doing a coaching session with me and hundreds of students from all over the world each and every month. This program has received incredible reviews and feedback from students of all backgrounds and all educational levels, such as the budding health experts and professionals to longtime holistic wellness enthusiasts, all the way to the complete beginner. There seems to be a lot here to offer to virtually everyone who has a keen interest in learning how to optimize their body, mind, and spirit through redesigning what they believe is possible, not only for their health, but ultimately for their life and the lives of those around them. And one more thing that sets this course apart from all others is that once you enroll, there are no hidden fees, no limitations on the content that you can access up front, and no time restrictions. This means that once you purchase the program, it is yours period. End of story. There's no six or 12 month time limitations with a continuation fee waiting for you at the end. This is a go at your own pace course that you can continue to access as a lifelong resource that will prove to be an investment into your education, into your health and into your personal growth that will bear fruit for years to come. So you can find more information and enroll into the Holistic Health Mastery Program at www.holistichealthmastery.com. Okay, so jumping headfirst into today's show, I want to introduce two very special people to me, and you may know them through their social media escapades, especially the male counterpart in this overall conversation, Daniel, formerly known as Danimal of the Raw Bras Trio, um, now kind of branched out into his own his own kind of evolution and his own brand and his own just kind of individuality. Uh, and then his his fiance Diana Eisenman, who I've recently gotten to know much more because they both moved synchronistically over here to Encinitas. 
And it's given all of us the opportunity at different times to drop in with one another, get to know each other, get to know our kind of like our missions and our just our interest in the world. And, you know, beyond just the social media kind of, uh, uh, you know, posts and, and all that kind of thing, it's really on a on a one on one or two on one type of basis. I've gotten to know these individuals much more. And Diana, at the time that I'm recording this, Diana is preparing to give birth to their very first child, which is exciting to watch and to see uh, just what they go through and just kind of get a little snapshots, you know, uh, that I'm I'm just kind of plugging into my mind for the potential that I am in this same situation at some point in my life or, you know, whatever around that. So anyways, this conversation, this special episode in our relationship edition of this podcast was very unique, (laughs) very, very unique to get both of these individuals together. I had Daniel um, on a podcast before episode 93, I believe you go back and check that out. That was just him and me one on one. And I wanted to get both of these individuals together because they have a lot to share and offer in the realms of relationship because they're both very unique individuals in the way that they go about creating or designing their life. And I just thought it would be really fascinating to get their takes. And plus, I wanted to get to know Diana a little bit more as well. And so this conversation goes in about a hundred different directions, I feel like, which is kind of the vibe with Daniel and Diana, I feel like in the three of us together, it just is meant to go in different directions and just go with the flow. And it was interesting to see what came up for both of them as I probed into different areas. Um, It was really fascinating, and I think that you are going to get a lot out of this if you're wanting to get more insight and perspective around relationship dynamics, around freedom in relationship. That's an interesting one as well. How to feel free and sovereign within the context of a dedicated relationship. So... With that said, I would love to introduce this conversation between myself and Daniel and Diana Eisenman. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show, and I am so excited to be bringing all of you this episode. We are going to have an epic diving in with two amazing friends of mine. And this is going to be part of our epic relationship series. You know, we've, I've been so honored to do a lot of awesome conversations like the one that we're about to do with power couples, if you will, just really amazing individuals in their own individual lives, but also having incredibly successful and harmonious relationships. And that's what I call like a power couple. And the two individuals I have right in front of me are just that. And we're going to dive into their world and just uh, see what makes them tick and how they, you know, how they create their own epic relationship lifestyle, if you will. So my guest is Daniel Eisenman and Diana Eisenman. How are you doing? Pretty awesome. 
Great, great. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for mm. what's taking place. Awesome. Yeah, and I was really inspired to do this with you guys. As I mentioned, I've done a lot of these. These uh, I don't know what inspired me, but something inspired me. Probably the kind of romantic side of me that also is kind of seeking that epic relationship mm-hmm. and the timing around it and what that even looks like. You know, one of the things that I like about the message that you've been spreading over the years is this idea of, of – um, Rewilding, right? Of of uh, breaking the rules of a domesticated kind of way of being in society, and almost like lifestyle design. You know, the, giving the giving people this this idea that you can actually design your life in any way you want, and there's really no limitations. And you've been living that. Both of you have been living that. And um, uh, so, what's coming up for me is this idea around relationship design. And that's what I'm really interested to dive into with you guys. Uh, I was going to say um, rewilding. I thought our friend, mutual friend, probably Daniel sure, Vitalis. Sure. I, yeah. Definitely want to give him um, credit for inspiring me. Yeah. And we're I love hanging out with people that I'm inspired by. Yeah. And um, you're right. That is a great description. Our relationship sometimes what fascinates me when I like re- when I retell stories. I'm like. It sounds like I'm, am I making this up? I sometimes like double check with Tina. I'm like, did I make? Is that, did that really happen? She's like, yeah. So but I think one thing that's established is Deanna might have a better long term memory than I do. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Mm. Yeah, that's I'm ask away, or if you want this to cool. go in whatever direction, I yeah. would be interested to find out what we know about too. Mm. Well, that's also another interesting facet of these. These um, partnership interviews is that sometimes the partners we will go through the the conversation and be like, hey, wait a minute, I didn't even know that about you. I didn't know that went wow. on with you in your childhood or whatever. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Reveal something new. Totally. Let's do it. So, okay, the best way that I like to start these conversations between passionate couples is really just diving into the backstory of each individual and getting a feel for who you are individually. And anything you want to share, and then we'll bring it together. So maybe whichever one of you feels inspired to jump in. Do you want to go first? I think we should go first. You think I should go first? A little a bit about the backstory of me? Yeah, just who you are. Okay. Who am I? Who am I? I would say I've highly considered the belief that, like, just considering the belief that I might I am uh, no thing and I am everything. That's the one that seems to be the truest <laughs> to this point. Mm. Well, well, I also like I am that I am. Right. So you, so, I, I feel like a little bit like mm-hmm. I'm um, passing along some thunder if I was going to come up with a new creative way of saying that. Sure. Well, what, 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 what drives you? Oh, what drives me? All right, so I per- I think we're getting to that. I, personally, I'm very fascinated about bridging the gap of like raw honesty. So being completely like a little child, mm. like a, even a toddler having a temper tantrum, and unconditional love. Mm. So bridging that gap that fascinates me, and I like to see that collectively take place. So that's inevitably led to all these types of projects, like Rob Ross and. International tribe design, tribe design online, breaking normal, the book that I'm working right, with. Right, right. It's what I'm playing with. And um, yeah, so I think I'm, I'm really get a lot out of the idea. Mm. It's probably for my family, maybe, 
you know, in most times anyone's driven by something, but from my perception, it's usually driven by something that happened early on, like they're looking for a contrast. Sure. So maybe it was that within my own family dynamics, it seemed as I wanted to see more of that. Maybe I was, things weren't as honest, mm-hmm. especially emotionally. And I probably caught on to it as a little kid and never forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And have forever been fascinated about making sure that that's part of my reality. Mm. One thing that I got out of what you're sharing in the beginning was this idea around I am that I am, which to me just means I am that I say I am. And I get to I get to choose what that is. And so kind of what I got was like maybe even it's a little esoteric, but it's 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 real to me is that we're who we are is an unfolding possibility. So it's not regimented in this snapshot in time, meaning right here and right now, I am this forever. You know, it's this, per, it's almost like this unconscious permission slip to reinvent ourselves. Thank you for rephrasing that in that way. I think that if anyone was lost based on what I said, I imagine you added clarity. Mm. It felt like a good, a good collaboration on that communication. Right on. <laughs> cool. Cool. And a little more of the generic backstory, so if that helps, like, mom, Christian, raised in a Christian family in the South, moved around from mm-hmm. Miami to Georgia, uh, three siblings, oldest, mm-hmm. I'm the oldest, mm-hmm. I parented my, and my parents are epic parents, and emotionally, that's a, probably the gap that I want to bridge in a way, that I'm working on that on my own, being as emotionally on, honest as I can be mentally authentic in a way, mm-hmm. and um, that's a fun game. And then I, so I inevitably led my, like kind of parented my siblings in a lot of ways too. Mm. My older brother, I think yeah. all this sibling probably inevitably experiences that and, um, love my brothers and sister so much. And we've partnered on all kinds of businesses. I graduated college right around the same time they graduated high school, right around the same time, same time we were all like collectively waking up to the matrix that we were playing in and rather than coming from like a victim mentality, start getting more creative. So we started creating businesses mm. based on our passion. Um, basically answering the question, how can I get paid to do the things I would pay to do? Yeah. So that led to us leading retreats based on that question. And also retreats based on like radical health and just crazy honesty and epic locations with awesome people. And Deanna visited on one of those retreats from Denmark, um, for a weekend retreat in Albany, New York, out of all places. And it was only a weekend. We're sometimes doing four-night retreats in Costa Rica. And all of a sudden, this, like, beautiful Danish girl that looks Asian is saying that she's coming <laughs> from Denmark to Albany, New York, of all places. Like, I was barely making it there, and I was leading it, the retreat. And uh, sure enough, yeah, I showed up in the kitchen, and she was there. And I was pretty mm-hmm. awestruck. Like, what I, what I thought I was maybe seeing on Facebook it came true in real life, like mm. uh, times infinity. Mm. So that's a bridge. That's too. a beautiful bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. She says I'm sweet, but I don't know if everyone would agree with that. I, I do. I do have very like feelings that are associated with sweetness with Vienna, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a lot of people. Um, I can see it. But I think I'm more honest. It just so happens yeah. this honesty is yeah. good for us. Mm-hmm. We're a good teammate. But but that being our bond is like being as authentic as possible around each other yeah. has really worked for us. Mm. It's really working for us. Yeah. So that's probably a pretty replicatable formula for most people, right? You would think. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not for everyone. 
I mean, it, mm. the honest, some people think Ooh. they want their partners to be honest, but when it comes down to it, they really don't want to hear the truth. It's mm. sometimes it's better, easier to just stay in denial of certain things and just, you know, be happy and uh, content with what's going on. Sure. Maybe like, or like not, not just not knowing certain things, like mm. what you're like resentments or even what you're thinking in a certain moment or like the real honest opinion. I think most mm-hmm. people live in this fantasy mm-hmm. world thinking they want to know, but in reality they don't. Right. It's almost like they prefer the story they tell themselves yeah. other than the reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think we've, bridge that gap or at least we deal with it so well. mm. we have fun we have fun with that mm-hmm. for sure and we have things that are not described as fun but I think we've both given ourselves permission to look like we're not having fun in front of each other so that we can find out later down the line oh that was really fun. it was so much fun I didn't even know I was having fun Mm. What looked like? I mean, we were. Well, that's this delusional, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> way of saying it's fun. When I'm like so angry, I feel like I would want to kill him. It's like, oh, mm. it's just passion. Mm. <laughs> like, is, sure, that's is. great, but yeah. Okay, so Deanna, tell us a little bit about yourself. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, gloss over that. I want to get to know you too. Oh uh, well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, my life before meeting Daniel was very, very different. I was mm-hmm. typical, I guess what we would call a matrix person. I was living for the weekends, partying, drinking Thursday to Saturday. Oh, not over a hundred pair of heels, like caring about, like I was yeah. a doll. Mm. And yeah, you, were. you are, you are. <laughs> but a different kind of yeah, doll. Yeah, that, and yeah. my life was just so different. And I, I think that was mostly a personality I developed to kind of cope and fit in when a deeper part of me just knew that that's not what I wanted. Mm. Um, I studied business and logistics, had eight months left from graduating, and I just I couldn't do it. Just mm. to have a piece of paper saying that you can do something that I didn't want to do for the rest of my life. And so I, I quit and started working fell into a hole of depression from just suppressing all this stuff that I've um, experienced in my, my past, my childhood, which have been emotionally rough uh, in a lot of ways. Mm. And um, I was, I used to watch Dan and his brothers on YouTube and uh, <laughs> while living with my ex-boyfriend and he used to be super jealous when, uh, when I would watch these shirtless guys on YouTube and I was like, well, they're just being really inspirational. You know, here I am in Denmark. Like why, like why, what's so, it's not like I'm going to marry the guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's an actual line. Yeah. Have you and your ex-boyfriend ever no. read No, after we broke up, we, um, you know, we, so after we uh, <laughs> broke up I sent them an email just the typical you know saying keep doing what you're doing it's super inspirational um, helping a lot of people it's helping me and mm. uh, I got an email back saying they had a retreat uh, I guess a couple of weeks from that and my first instinct was yeah, I can't make that happen. I had to move. I didn't have a job. I didn't have any money. Um, it was just the b- bad timing was what my logical mind would sure. call it. And um, the more I thought about it, the more I just had this inkling, like, no, this is, I need to do this. But it was super scary. 
Um, so I ended up wanting to go and I was like, well, great. I don't have a job. I'm, I have to move. So I don't have to pay rent. Mm -hmm. Um, basically just called one of the richest friends I knew and said, I need to borrow some money. I want to go on this trip. And, uh, he lent me the money and everyone was like, Oh, you're, you know, this is just so spontaneous, you know? get a job, like get a steady job, get an apartment, save up and then go later because you're just going to come back home after, you know, a three week trip and mm -hmm. broken homeless. Right. Um, but I didn't listen to <laughs> any of all that. I just knew in my gut I had to go and it made no sense. I was scared shitless. Mm. I never traveled on my own before. Um, but fast forward, I ended up booking the flight and it's been what? four and a half years later oh, now wow. and I did not return home broke and <laughs> did you, you returned home though right no actually you, I didn't you didn't okay no it, not until a year later and wow. we were married at that point we got married mm -hmm. after six months I'm sure we'll get into okay so into all right that. I'm super curious now I love I love synchronicity I guide my entire decision making process in life now almost entirely based on synchronicity mm. And so this is, this, I just, and I love, part of why I love this podcast is when people start telling me their backstory and it's almost like when we're moving forward in life, nothing makes sense. It's just like chaos. It's irrational. It's like totally a mystery. But then looking back, I always notice it's literally like a perfect movie reel. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm watching the movie in my life and it's like, oh, of course it's a natural progression. <laughs> It so, is. Yeah. In the moment, it doesn't look like that yeah. at all. I mean, my life is a complete mess, is what I would call it. Wow. But I guess a good mess. But mm. you know, I had to move out of my apartment. I called my friend and said, hey, I, I'm going to move my stuff in your basement. I'll be back in three weeks. And that was then a year later. And he... he I just told him to sell it all. I don't even... I didn't even know what I had at that point. I didn't care about that stuff. But everything from then going to this retreat was just like one weird synchronicity after another. Like thinking mm. back, I still don't even know how it all unfolded, but it did. Do you, do you remember the moment or the snapshot of like when you felt that urge to stay, like you made an internal decision, like I'm not going to go back. It, it never got to that. I huh. wasn't even given that option. Um, so I had a, a visa that you know lasted for three months uh, and I had to leave the country and I, when we, when I went on this retreat, uh, we clicked, there was obviously, uh, chemistry between, between <laughs> us. And, um, a couple of weeks later, they ended up inviting me and another uh, girlfriend who I met at this, at the retreat, um, to Steph Peru, Handel, what's up? Steph Handel, um, <laughs> to Peru. And we ended up going. We thought it was just going to be a one-week trip. We were there for five weeks. Prison was there too. For, I don't even know, thinking back, how I even afforded this. Like I, I don't. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I think yeah, it's sometimes like, I wonder that same thing. Some, some divine intervention kept like putting money in my account mysteriously or something. I don't know. But somehow we managed to stay in Peru for five weeks. And when we got back after that. Um, we were even more connected. And so mm. I was able to extend my visa for another three more months. And, um, after that, it was like a month later, uh, they were doing a retreat in Costa Rica 
So we left the country again and I just extended it for three more months. And so I kept doing that yes. uh, without really thinking of anything else. And then it came to a point where I was like, you know, they, they're starting to ask questions at the customs. I can't just mm. keep cross, uh, crossing a border and going somewhere else. Like, I think I have to go back. And um, mm. and he didn't want me to leave and he ended up proposing. And we got married the next day. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. So it was never a thought about not going back. It was just, now I guess I'm staying. The proposal was on April Fool's Day. The next day we got married, April 2nd. Wow. Which wasn't planned either. It was cool to think back on the Peru trip. And and it reminds me of when I knew I was serious about you. Was um, because Perzon was going with, they had booked flights. We were on standby. Timothy and I, and so they were going to Peru, and they were there with Perzon, Deanna, and Steph, and before they left, I remember telling you that, like, I don't like you. Mm, I said, I'd rather you not, I think I even said, like, I'd rather you not hook up with Perzon or something like that, <laughs> or, like, I'd rather you, I'd rather we wait for each other. Mm. I think I said something like yeah, that. Yeah, I remember Had you two, happened. like, kind of linked up before that? But there was this gap and there was this sure, mysterious yeah. gap. But when sure. I knew that she was going to Peru with Perzon, Perzon is my friend. Yes, he, yes. He, I'm friends with Good him. Good looking tall guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a great, <laughs> sure. handsome Persian king. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I remember that call. It was, and that was super fun, comfortable. Mm. I remember that call. I almost like remember the scene. I was like on the curb in the street at night, probably drinking. Like, okay, I'd rather you. I want you to wait for me. I'm coming to get you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yes. So it's fun to reflect on. Mm. That's epic. That's an epic story. Yeah, we should make a movie about it. Yeah, it sounds like a movie. I think I've seen that movie a couple times <laughs> in different ways. Yeah, we went the month long crew was gnarly too. That was a, it was a rough start for sure. Mm. Yeah, we were getting real crazy. Yeah, our relationship definitely wasn't just like, oh, it's chemistry, everything is great. And then it's all perfectly like, fits together. No, yeah, we pretty much started. I, I pretty much started with the mentality: how could I ruin it? Like just doing all the things that I would like typically wait till I was more comfortable like, yeah. towards the end or like when I thought I was okay, I just did those up front. And, that, and it really, that was really epitomized in Peru one night in an actually famous surf town called uh, Chicama. And uh, she got, she drank probably still more than I've ever seen. I thought she was, she was drunk and being sloppy and a little slutty and I was getting <laughs> pissed off. And then I had, uh, I had, I got stomach illness. Mm. <laughs> and I was, we were in a hostel together and I, what really did it for me, I think this is really, this is why it's so wild. And I, I almost one day, I think I might do a TED talk on like farting for freedom Wow, you heard it here first. Folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I got—I was dire. Like I was holding my farts in, and I was getting sicker and sicker because I was a little embarrassed to let it rip in front of her. Yeah. And then I was—I think my fuel, my anger was kind of like pissed off because of what was going on, wow. and that like served fuel for my fire and let it rip. And I just had like diarrhea. And, so it all like, backed farted up. and like just like, <laughs> like got sick in front of her in a small hostel room. Yeah. And then it, after that, I felt so free to be myself. Mm. And I was like, because it really didn't change anything. 
actually she was so nurturing to me. Oh yeah, and so okay. comforting, and I, and like so uh, even looking beyond my emotional little upsetness and more like caring about my health. Hmm. And I think and that's what we sort of tell myself now. <laughs> but uh, something happened. I was a game when I had myself the freedom to be seen at that level. <clears throat> then it was like from only up from there. But see, those things were. I mean, I guess maybe some women are sensitive to. But for me, that was like, like that farts was, and that was like, I, used to, I used to hold my farts like dates and stuff. I don't know if y'all have ever cut yourself. Yeah, I used to go to the bathroom and yeah. fart in the yeah. bathroom. I'm like, what? How, how much stuff is that? Like, I, can't even, I can't even let my the miraculousness of my body take place because I'm that stopped up in front of this person. Mm. Well, I think <laughs> in not only that sense, but with everything else, our communication, our thoughts, that everything that we were experiencing we were sharing with each other and especially you also with the intention of you know just being so honest that you don't really care if this like let the bridges you burn light your way yeah yeah and i think i had this mentality that you know i was from denmark and i was like this is like a summer fling i never really thought it was going to be anything more serious so i was like you know this guy is just crazy he's hot but he's crazy and not dating material so i didn't have that like (laughs) I think most uh, girls or women have this, like, uh, weird desire to, like, want it to work so bad that they just, they're willing to change themselves and change whatever the situation. They just, they so desperately want the relationship to work out. And I was like, say whatever you want. I took it with a grain of salt and I was like, okay. Like, I never took you that seriously yeah, thank, mm-hmm. you, thank and, you thank you and i think that I've been was letting really go back in for a while it took a while but i think i'm ready <laughs> but i think that was a, a real key to why it worked out so well because it wasn't like perhaps i would have acted differently if, if i was from the states and i really mm-hmm. wanted it to work because it could be something but i never really thought of that mm-hmm. you didn't necessarily have a box you were trying to fit it into exactly. like something that, you know, I find that's a, I mean, that's an incredible point. And I see how that translates into all the areas of our life where like we have a preconceived picture of how life is supposed to work. And it's like, okay, my, we compartmentalize it, right? Okay. My relationship life looks like this. And my, this is the one I want this. That's to be right. Yeah. It's going to work out this way. Yeah. Even though like clearly like we just, we just ignore our intuitive wisdom. It's like trying, it's like sending us whispers and then it's like, you know, the body starts getting stiff or, you know, we get sick or whatever the message is until like, you know, for some people, it, tragically, I think in our, in our world, especially our generation, we're kind of getting the message quicker. I'm noticing collectively and, and, and hearing it where maybe our parents or their parents didn't necessarily even know how to hear the message. Didn't even know there was a message. So they just went along with the program. Actually, um, I want, there's something I do want to ask both of you. And I think this segues perfectly into it. Kind of a off the cusp question, but I'm really interested to see what comes out of both your mouths about it. Mm. So on that topic, <sighs> let's see. I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts might be about the difference and similarities of relationship dynamics from gen, from one generation to the next. So, so another way of saying that is when we look at our parents' typical, atypical type of relationship kind of idea, our grandparents, 
Um, there's different values, of course. I'm just curious what your thoughts are being of this quote unquote generation. Well, I imagine that we're more eager to learn and change and, and develop the relationship where I think our parents or grandparents may be more so like we're in this relationship and it's just the way it is. Like there is not much, I haven't personally haven't seen much interest from that generation to even develop their own sense of self or, and then, I mean, even yeah. coming together and uh, developing the relationship as a. Mm. Yeah. I mean, for, so I believe in evolution in a way, and I, that might be taken so many different ways. I believe that as a flower is growing, like I watch flowers grow yeah. like in, innovation in right? our house, this happening. Mm-hmm. So I think as a whole, we're yeah. growing. Yeah. So I do think that our relational technology is advancing. Sure. No, yeah. I'm not. And it, um, so I think for me, the people I hang out with, um, it does seem like that they're wanting to start eating the meal rather than talking about the menu. Mm-hmm. So I think that, and I, this is the, the obviously a stereotype, but for whatever reason, a lot of the parental, parental that I've been exposed to in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. They're, they seem very, very important how they were perceived. Mm. Very important what it looked like. Right. Like so important what everything looked like. I'm like, what? This is like what y'all look like is that you look like you're busy trying to make you look like something. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so that's what I, a lot of times that's how I perceive relationships. I'm like, why? What is this? Um, but now I see like, uh, now that I'm choosing, that was at a time when I think I was probably more of a victim to my neighborhood or my location mm. or what's normal. Now that I've decided to be breaking normal and start choosing my reality more consciously, I find myself with people that are really, like what she said, like mm. hungry for what's possible. Mm. Like awesome, grateful for what's happening and looking for even more. Mm. And that even with the way relationships work. So I might be biased because of the people I choose to hang out with, but that's what I would, I'm obviously biased, but that's my Yeah, well, that's why I wanted to hear what each one of you had to say about this. Yeah, those are my two kind of contrasting perspectives on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what, what was your perception, I guess, growing up, you know, from your fa- from your parents, grandparents' era? Uh, well, my parents, my mom is from Thailand and my dad was Danish, uh, got divorced, married some other guy, complete asshole. Mm-hmm. Then they got divorced. <laughs> And she, <laughs> she married, uh, no, they, they didn't, they never got married. She didn't want to get married again, but, uh, now she's with, you know, my stepdad and mm. he's great. Um, but I still don't see that like wanting, you know, it's just routine. Right. Like they're, they're surrendering to the routine because that's just like mm. your parents. Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm. And Are I think I s- to listen to this podcast. <laughs> really good idea. Well, yeah, but you know, their English is also not the greatest. Well, it's a g- translator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. The Danish anti. Had the. Mm. So, routine, though, that word stuck out for me. Yeah. It's like it's. It's not really like spontaneous or like kind of that. I don't know. Like I get that when I'm in love or I have that, that love kind of vibe come over me with a woman, there's spontaneity there and it's like novel and exciting and there's life force. It's like, I don't feel like I'm in some kind of rigid schedule or routine kind of thing. It's actually, it seems like the opposite. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very much just, you know, working a job you hate to afford living a place that, 
you hate to do whatever, like over and over and over. Yeah. And there's not really much excitement mm. left. Who is that for? I, I would say most. Uh, most people. <laughs> not, you, said, not. you said you, and I was like, that's not for me. <laughs> no. I'm making sure that that's clear here. Mm. Anyway. Did I say you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway. Whoever they are. Like whoever they are, yeah. I'm like, whoever that is. is. <laughs> I'm like, it out. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's actually for my parents, and I think uh, a lot of parents that, and a lot of younger generation as well. Like, there is a, there is a part of our generation that's still in that mentality that, you know, I have to do this so that I can pay rent to live here, or that person doesn't really want to live to do. You know, they're just stuck mm. in that cycle. Mm. And um, Do you feel like our parents' generation really put a lot of pressure on themselves? I mean, what you said, both of you, like this idea of like it takes a lot of effort to be something you're not, right, and to put on a show. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like in some cases, certainly not all, but in some cases, especially maybe for the man, um, I'm just guessing that maybe they put a lot of pressure on themselves to quote unquote put food on the table because it was more of an obligation. That might have been, even been more grandparents era. I don't oh know. yeah, that's I, that that whole idea is the meme of the idea that the man is the one that's supporting. Yeah, and that there it could be some real. I believe in that in a way. I believe in sure the, because it's biological when a woman is pregnant yeah. as DNA is. Sure. It's like, she, I think it's very important for that woman to be able to nest and do nothing. Oh, totally. So that as a man, if you're in that partnership of having a child, so I, anyways, that's my rationalization. But there's a lot of paradigms about men and women that are not as culturally um, applicable as they, mm. as they were in different mm. cultures. Like our culture totally. is changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's changing so much. So um, well, I think it's also different. Like in Denmark, I, I don't really see that. I mean, minimum wage is like what twenty three dollars. Like both uh, both parties work, and mm. that's that's normal. But I'm saying, like, I think in more of our parental or grandparental generations, maybe in the United States, it was it was like I think a man put a lot of like, pressure on themselves yeah. to be the warrior archetype. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. the, and then the, the, so then the woman was probably doing her version of that, and they were both kind of like supporting each other in an balance. Mm-hmm. Rather now, I'm feeling more like it's time you know, we're all holding each other accountable to be as balanced as possible. Totally. Not that you are the man. Well, I think about like the Great Depression too, and just what was going on in that climate. So I feel like there was a lot of survival and a lot of scarcity there too. So I kind of even more driving at the, I guess like, this idea that two people may not really truly love each other, really want to be together, but because they either have kids together or it's kind of a, a social yeah. obligation and, and more of a logical thing. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was getting at in the beginning too, that they just, you know, they just stick together because it's just that makes it sense. Is. It's safe. Yeah. We've been together for this long. <laughs> Might as well die together. Yeah. yeah, it is kind of backwards because for me, I like uh, I believe in a way following the biology first, sure, and then creating this awesome culture. And you also choices. are creating something that you love to do in your own right, and you too. So, like this dynamic, that's part of why we're I, I wanted to have this conversation is because it doesn't exclude like family values. Like I think our generation needs more like intrinsic values and also like what i see is that you guys are creating something new out of those values i i think there's also the difference that 
for some that, you know, sticking it through just because we've been together for so long and mm-hmm. whatever, um, is because of religious views. Sure. And then there is the other part that is just, that's just how it is, no matter what the religious views are. Mm. I got this like vision that um, if this was, if you were looking at this podcast algorithmically from mm. viewers or like a chart, that the last few minutes, um, the engagement dipped. I was thinking that too. Uh, yeah. The engagement where it be here? Yeah. No, maybe I would imagine this is a reflection mm. of us, but why, why do you think that is? Well, that's a good question. Does your engagement dip? Probably. Yeah? Yeah. I, I don't think I would anyone notice it if I wasn't experiencing it. Cool. That's <laughs> cool. Then let's then let's pivot. <laughs> Just did. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That was me pivoting. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that was it. This okay. Was awesome. Cool. Well, then the other direction I wanted to go to is – Really getting an idea from each of you, like what's something invaluable that each of you has gotten from being in partnership that you know that you would not have gotten when you were single? I mean, there's a lot, (laughs) you know, obviously you you grow together as a couple and everything that you experience, you wouldn't. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't experience a single probably, but one thing. It doesn't have to be one thing. It's just, uh, I was actually amazed by the silence. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I noticed that. And I got a little, it was like when I work with my coaching clients, now I'm actually seeking those experiences where before I try to fill the gap. And now when the silence comes, I'm like, I'm like, okay, hold it, because something's happening, and then something comes beautiful comes out of that. We could be if y'all if you want to be silent and hear the cactus. Maybe we can take like an intermission here. I could even take a leak. If that's I don't know. If yeah, we could do that. Sure, but we can do it even on there. Maybe you can at least this aside later. This is what silence sounds like. Mm-hmm. So in your relationship, that's actually something interesting just came up for me out of that is how do each one of you kind of get that silence or solitude that you need in relationship? Because you're two both, you're really passionate people, right? And so, yeah. <laughs> this is a great question for you, I imagine. Yeah, yeah I, would say, I, I think I a lot of a lot of people in relationships are probably curious. You yeah, know? I bet. I bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't use the term need much, but I would say I, mm. I greatly desire that right, cool. solitude a lot, um, or a lot. I mean, my not personal space, but yeah, time to be by myself. I love being by myself. Mm. And I don't think Dan, um, he like feeds off being with people and being mm. stimulated all the time. And that is definitely a huge contrast. Feeds off. Strong word. Strong word. I get it. I get it. I think that, like, that gives you more energy. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. It gives me more energy. I'm not calling you a vampire or anything. But, um, Do you know what your human designs are? Someone asked me this recently. You brought up a lot. Okay. 
I forget mine. All right, for another conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we're very different in that sense, and that has been, um, I would say, one of my greater struggles mm. in this relationship with our constant travel, constant retreats, right. going from place to place. Um, yeah, that has mm. been that that has been difficult. I would definitely say now having our own nest, it's helping. Mm-hmm. Like getting pregnant. Right. That's really... Yeah. Probably helpful to that. Yeah. Like kind of <laughs> not that that's too. like that. I'm not saying it. I'm saying, I'm like saying in correlation. I'm not saying mm-hmm. the causation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I would I would just find ways to meditate when we're, when he's out chasing waterfalls and (laughs) there's always times where I could just kind of like sneak off and Mm -hmm. not sneak off, but just go to the side and and do my own thing. Still not to the extent where I've really felt satisfied by it, but um, yeah, that, that has actually been a a struggle. Mm. I, I'm feeling that a lot of people might be curious too, because we didn't bring this up. The fact that you are getting ready to bury your first child together. And that's it's not like you said bury. Yeah, it sound like that. Bear <laughs> birth. <laughs> you know, you're about to give birth to your first child, and that's that's you know we didn't even really touch on that. But I'm you know what what's coming up now for me is just kind of like how how is that. Obviously, it's going to change things. I'm just curious, like, how has that changed the relationship dynamic between you and, yeah. I was curious how y'all felt about that Barry birth thing. Um, I said bear. <laughs> yeah, I definitely heard Barry. Uh-huh. But I don't. You didn't think much about it? No. <laughs> I mean, I had a micro thought that oh, maybe if, like, if that actually happened, then it was like, that was interesting that maybe you predicted that. Uh, really? No. no. I'm no. not saying that. No. No, this part's being edited. No, you don't have to. Seriously. No, but this is like the the part of exploring micro thoughts that don't really. Sure. Mean anything. Yeah. And sure. This is a major theme for me, and if mm. someone's going to interview us about our relationship, this is a major theme that I think um, we are both willing to like go in that direction that you that you. Um, <laughs> That you insisted on editing out, um, because that to me is sacred. If someone gave you permission to maybe explore even micro thoughts, even sure. thought, like the scariest of micro thoughts, because metaphorically, what that looks like to me is if someone's willing to go into maybe the the cranny, like the nook or the cranny of the cave that one fears to enter to find the treasure that they're seeking. Oh, there's no fear to enter it. I just I know, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not. This is not about you. Maybe it is about you. I'm saying, Jen, I'm speaking. Oh yeah, definitely. And my, my, uh, Mm -hmm. I was getting with with Deanna is that Mm. she's like, was someone and not even, not even a boy or girl. It so happens to be someone that my biology led me to Mm. like, we can make that funny. Like I follow my boner. I do think that there is like chemistry, especially in the spiritual community. I think sometimes it gets underwritten Mm -hmm. for categories. Like you're looking for something that's spiritual or vegan. I'm like, what the How, why would you even limit 7 yeah, billion people looks, to veganism? Like, why would you even do that? Or why, why would you limit to a religion? Or why would you limit it to a state? Totally. Or a town? Some people yeah. want to get married to someone in their town. 
And I mean, that's helpful. I guess if you're really have like struck by paralysis analysis and you mm-hmm. just want to make a decision. But that's part of like trying to control our, exactly. our reality. So yeah, right? I like the idea of surrendering, yeah. but my parameter being like, whoever's willing to go with me, sure. whoever's willing to go, because I'm here, like, I'm not going to sign on to a marriage, much less a day, a full day with someone that's not willing to like go with me to maybe places that I'm a bit scared to go to. Mm. Mm. And, um, yeah, within communication and everything, I think Deanna and I have supported that. And I thought that that was interesting that you said that and someone mm. got heady about that. And I got heady about it. And then I was reminded, which I love getting heady about, is that it reminds me to the roots of everything. There's, like, always a root. There's always – in that I think mm. whatever route something goes, whatever road something goes, was based on a choice. Mm-hmm. And I, you can look at it as, like, love versus – like, faith versus fear is what I look at. Sure. Faith versus sure. fear. And yeah, whatever you said, I think it, I have faith that it was nothing to do with the words. It was mm. metaphorically profound in the sense that we're having this communication now. And then maybe gateways are opening in my mind, which leads me to believe that maybe that could be happening for a lot of people. Mm. Like mm-hmm. Maybe these little nuances that we're scared to talk about are actually revealing of a lot. Sure. And I think it goes back to um, the... You know, be, be in micro thoughts, imagination, daydreaming, yes. you know, call it whatever it may be. But that's the part where I think most or a lot of couples perhaps don't really want to know, mm. like, the details to that extent of the honesty mm. um, or the truth of what was he thinking about that girl that just walked by. Like, mm. Let's just not talk about it because then... Right. We can yeah, change it right. Shrugs. Like, uh, I see. Shrug yeah. 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 I'm glad you. I'm glad you. You did sometimes that. Now I. That, yeah. And that's what I would say. And I, I wish you to keep going, but I was just going to emphasize that more mm. shrugging. Oh, but that, I think that was the end of my my thought. Would that be the same as like you know little white lies, like telling ourselves like covering things up with like some justification that's not really true. I guess that. Could be. I mean, it's like, uh, what did you just think about? Oh, nothing. Mm. You know, well, that's not true, but right. perhaps we don't want to go down that road right now. Mm, right. Um, and I think that is like pretty important. I think what you're getting at, that is something that we don't really, it's not even a part of our language. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would be more likely. Like, if Dan's like, what did you just think about? I'd be more, I would probably not say nothing. I'd probably be like, do you really want to know? Mm. There's a lot of things, but I can, tell, I can tell you the one that I think we're going to, and she's like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> and she can't decide. But there is something to be said about like, yeah. shrugging. It's like, what's wrong with you? Oh, nothing. We don't really, that doesn't totally. really fly. That's like one of us is like, Shut And you know for sure when somebody does that, you know for sure that there is something. Yeah, yeah that's like you're giving yourself away in this context. Or I'm sure. And we're willing to explore these things as in like let's just have an open communication about it. Whether it be, you know, if I think I was mad at you because of this and this and then you start talking about it and realize, oh, that was actually not really what I was bothered about, but perhaps that. And then like when you have these, what could seem like seemingly unnecessary conversations, mm. I think you explore deeper levels of uh, just your relationship and how you. Yes. I think my general. like, yes. the thing that's coming through me is that we're based on like a summary quote of what we're scratching or alluding to is that there's no relationship worth being that, causes you to sacrifice your relationship yeah, with yourself. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Mm. 
Like if you can't act like how you would when you're naked in your room by yourself or, and even in the, I'm holding myself accountable. I'm still working on it. Like I probably still am not completely how I am. Right. And up to this point, like if I'm in a car by myself with like crazy rock music, then I am with Deanna. But mm. Deanna's kind of drawn a boundary. Like, you know, I, I she doesn't, she doesn't like music like that, mm. but like, at least I know that like, that's like the one thing I just, it boggles my mind to think that I used to be in relationships we're like a half or 30 yes. percent. Like I was known like 60% or 50% or like, mm. Oh, you won't just talk about that. Or I won't show her this part of my room. Or I won't talk about that part of my email. Or like, I won't show her those Facebook messages. Like that is, Whoa, this is really like setting yourself in jail. It's a self-imposed prison. Okay. So I have to, now I have to ask on that note, where do we, I don't know if draw the line, but where's that balance point between oversharing and boundaries? That was actually the next thing I was okay. thinking about. Yeah. Because there is definitely a clear balance between like just mental transparency, like <laughs> just word vomiting everything you're thinking because yeah. it's never ending. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an endless air. Metaphorically, I mean, that's like wind. It's like but, is, yes. the wind. but is there something that you would be scared to share? <laughs> share it. Mm. I mean, I remember in the past, like, girlfriends, like, talking about how they checked their boyfriend's phone while in the shower, like, just doing silly things like that yeah. and, like, not sharing it. And, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the perfect example that boggles my mind, that um, people are secretly checking each other's phones and they're living, they're sleeping in the same bed as that person. That, like, why would you want to share so much energy with someone that you are keeping that big of a, a secret from? Yeah. And that's, like... Why are you checking my phone recently? <laughs> <laughs> you look a little guilty all of a sudden. Yeah, well, I was thinking about explaining like, why I think someone would do that. Oh, I know. I, that's my own. I, I imagine I could bring up a lot for a lot of people, and there's going to be a lot of like, oh, well, this is if you were, this is what my relationship, and that's fine. That's fine. Right. But I felt like I wanted to say that to myself. No, I, I appreciate it. No, this is an important truth because <laughs> the fact that what you're saying is exactly the, if that gets triggered, then that's exactly the point is that we often tell ourselves little stories or little white lies, but our behaviors don't match what we're showing up as or wanting to show up as. Like the example you just made of two people living together and sleeping together and having sex together and and maybe even having children together, and yet they're not able to communicate intimately together. Mm -hmm. That's kind of strange. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think a a good – measuring point of when you want to share something is if you would be scared to yeah um, well and that's but that's, that's for you slurring. for you that's a little different because you can you'll just like create things for this like i've learned to tune out you know well, i think if it's scared and significant it's like it's mm-hmm. that heart beating and that fear and mm-hmm. excitement type mm-hmm. of way i mean i think when it comes to the truth it's kind of like the idea of when it comes to god that there's a yeah. hundred names and 99 been said but i think we're all scratching the surface of something that's beyond i think when someone knows they, yeah you know, are they but it also takes a willingness because if, if you know mm-hmm. one is like listening to this podcast like man i really want to share these little things and this other their partner is not really open to it or even understanding this level of communication. They may be like, I mean, that might just not really Mm. end up that well. So both parties have to be open and willing to hear what is being said and not just like, you did what now? Like just getting angry, but understanding how well, thank you for sharing that. Mm. Um, And so 
Yeah, I think, I mean, for us, I think we've just, we've explored this for four years now. Mm-hmm. That it's like... Is that it? Four years? It's four all. and a half? Four years. Um, wow. uh, yeah, whatever. Numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we've personally come to a point where it's just, you know, a lot of the same thoughts will happen and it's just less... I don't know how to put it. You know, in the beginning, I get there's so much to share constantly, but we've done it so much that Mm -hmm. to me, I feel like it's, it's almost kind of like a maturity, right? Like I know certain people, let's, um, maybe I'll use the example of like when somebody goes from the quote unquote matrix kind of automaton ish. I don't mean that as an insult. I just mean it like we go through our lives conditioned. Yeah. Kind of like robot just kind of automaton. Yeah. Like, yeah, kind of like an inanimate object. <laughs> okay, but just going through life kind of like conditioned and spellbound, right? But then when we wake up and this whole new world is revealed to us and there's like this level of inspiration, someone sees your videos for the first time in this case and has kind of a whole new perspective on possibilities. A lot of times when we get around people for the first time, it's like oh, oh, all this stuff's coming out. But then as we mature in the community or in relationship or our own kind of exploration – that need to always talk all the time and to kind of almost verbal vomit kind of goes down and we get kind of more calm. Mm-hmm. It's been my experience. Yeah. Well, I think Still working on it. for me sometimes because we do express things to this level, sometimes like I want to do something, but I almost don't want to do it because I would have to then share it. And that's um, how I stop myself from doing something <laughs> oh. weird. That's, and that's why, and that's why God works for a lot of people too. Ooh. It's a level of accountability. Oh, yes. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh. But it's also I mean, so... Someone believes that the, all the most powerful being ever is watching you there every move. If they truly believe that, <laughs> yeah. they're probably living a pretty yeah. epic life. <laughs> totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's another, that's another one of those little white lies or whatever you want to call it when people go to Sunday church and then... Monday, they're no different than they were before they went. They just kind of have that little rapture moment or put on their Sunday face. But I also personally love that I, like, I have nothing to worry about with, mm. with Dan. And I, I can't say I've ever experienced that before. I mm. think she says that. Yeah. And then I start thinking about, is there anything for me to about? What should I tell her about? Like, well, did I, what did I do today that might be suspicious? Well, in the sense that I know that if you were to do something that was slightly questionable, you would come tell me before there was anything for me to find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I do like, that's what I'm saying. I do like, in a way, projecting God onto people that I'm in a relationship with. Because I do think they're created from the creator. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man... Deanna's, in a way, God is Deanna, in a way. Like, depending on how you look at it, it's like, sure. Yeah, I want Deanna and everything. Why would I want, not, why would I want to be in a relationship? Why would I want to team up with her if I was keeping, like, secrets from her? Right. Right. Yeah, this doesn't sound like the right, the type of teammate that I want, or the type of partnership. Well, you, did, you just said another really key <laughs> term that I like is this idea of a teammate, like a life teammate. Like we want to team up on oh, life together. Yeah, yeah. we're it's bio, biologically. It seems like it's really inevitable. I mean, mm. Both of our biology is saying so. Mm-hmm. So let's make sure we're good teammates through this biological I mean, rapture. Like, yeah. You know, even like doing that, it sounds great, and we're just talking about all these things. But in the yeah. beginning, I mean, we definitely had 
like our fair share of what he would call passion. Mm. <laughs> I would call something else. Breakthroughs, breakthroughs. Yeah. Right, break, break, yeah, she she would probably call them. A lot of people call them breakdowns. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which proceeds <laughs> yeah, we, I get we we kept a little bit. They yeah. were breakthroughs. I I would still stick by that. Yeah, breakthroughs definitely yeah. turn into breakthroughs. Mm. Uh, that that's a you know what I'm, I'm feeling into the concluding kind of like last 10 minutes and what you just said right there feels really resonant in the sense that I feel like in our culture, it's so geared towards immediate gratification and temporary kind of consideration. We're not really, we collectively speaking. Um, and I just noticed in my own little patterns that are still have, are still tethered to the cultural meme, which is just like live for today. Right. Credit card consciousness, like, like, um, and, and so I notice in relationships that I observe and also in my own experience, um, there seems to be this delicate balance between when you should check out because it's a toxic situation or it's just no longer relevant for both people's path. And then there's also this other side I see where people check out too quickly because it's uncomfortable oh, yeah. Yeah. and they, they actually, you know, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, there is times where I where I wonder, like, if we hadn't been married, if we would even be together. Oh, yeah. Like, I which I says, which I think says a lot. It yeah. says a lot about the power of marriage as well. Mm, oh, marriage is like, it's like a thing that exists. Like a lot of people throw the baby out with the bathwater with the idea of marriage, and so it's like this religious dogma and silly governmental yeah, like, way of monetizing in, things. But it's a little beyond that. See, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up is like there's kind of like the more popular kind of alternative approach right now about polyamory and this idea that, yeah, that marriage is container. Yeah, well, it ain't just Antonitas. It's, 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 you know, yeah, <laughs> I've been all over the world like you. Like, well, I guess know. these vortexes do have a little. I think you go in the Tulsa or Oklahoma, you say polyamory. You might find something in Tulsa, actually. Yeah. Well, like in all the kind of alternative <laughs> community, they're, like that's becoming a, a exploration, right? Yeah, but there's a lot of people, like you said, that are really like, I don't know if they're just jaded and they're just like, no, monogamy isn't natural. But I always in my heart, I share that sentiment. It's like, no, like ultimately I'm a one-on-one type of person. And I do believe in that, that, that the power of marriage essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it is a powerful idea, an idea of a lifelong belief. Yeah. The idea of a lifelong belief jars me. That's jarring to me as well. (laughs) Because I believe the truth is like changing constantly. So it hits this paradoxical realm of consciousness, which I think is great. Um, And then I get to create from that. I get to create from this paradox of making a lifelong choice that keeps paying off. Mm. Especially the more that I surrender to it. Mm. And it seems at this point it's like beyond me. Now that we're pregnant, I'm like, wow. yes. Yes. <laughs> now we need to team up in a whole new way. Mm. Now we really get to see our team. We've been working on this for a freaking while. Let's see what we can really do here. <laughs> We've got an epic project, raw, a raw guru. Mm. Yeah, but that is, I mean, I, I would, <laughs> that is a challenging one to give advice on, per se. Because More just perspective, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, for myself, I, Knowing myself to the extent I do, I, I would probably have been out if we haven't hadn't been married. Um, 
which I'm so happy that I didn't let my logical mind just take off and just... No, that was an emotional one. Well, or emotional, yeah, but by, both. I think that's why I just want to make sure that I want to um, affirm your um, your ability to be yes. emotional. Yes. It's because um, beyond your logic. Like sometimes you control of your both, logic. Both logical and yeah, emotional. Yeah. And I think most of our... Um, most of our struggles in our relationship has probably been uh, the difference in our religious views. Mm. Um, and so I guess that's where my logical mind's like, no, it's just stupid. Like, why even do that? Uh, which I think is the case for most people. Like, um, why disconnect over differences in religious beliefs? Yeah. Or, or what do you mean, why do what? Like, get into a relationship with someone who um, believes that differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, yeah, I think we're both moving beyond an agreement-based connection. Mm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also, I, I, that would be like metaphorically, I don't think, I don't think that's building a relationship on um, brick, what is it, brick, sand, and what's the, uh, the three wool, the man, the wolf, and whatever it is, but it seems like a sand, it seems like a yeah. slippery, slippery slope to build a relationship, a foundational relationship is being an agreement-based doctrine, mm. like they, oh, you're Republic, like, oh, you love dogs, I love dogs, oh, she's a server, right. Right? and she loves, and she's a Christian, well, and like molding someone, because your... like, that person's beliefs might change next week. Or next year, or after they have a baby. So you're going to be disappointed, basically. Are you really not going to let this? Are you really that rigid that it's based on a belief? These Mm. beliefs change quickly. Yes. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God they change quickly. Thank God. (laughs) God. That's an incredible point just for life, right? How many times do we we pre-assume our life? and mold it kind of in the way that we prefer it to continue, mm-hmm. you know, and it might not even be good for us. Like, you know, our life up to this point, you know, again, collectively, generally speaking, isn't always what it could be, but it's what we're familiar with. So it's kind of, we conform to the, the normality when that really may not be what's best for us, Yeah, but it's comfortable. I'm thinking um, if we want to continue, I'm going to take a leak. Cool. Well, I'll well, tell you what. Um, we are at our last couple minutes. Oh, we are. So, wow. so nice. divine timing. Perfect. What I'd love to just have each of you do is just kind of maybe breathe into one final insight you'd like to share with our audience. Okay, yeah, for me, I would really want people to look at, uh, like, from a, especially if young men are listening to this, mm-hmm. because I think that um, I seem to be influential to young men, and it has probably something to do with me kind of raising, in a way, two younger brothers or epic individuals. Yeah. Um, and now it's going to be father. Mm-hmm. And father. And father, it's here. It's right here. We're parenting it now. <laughs> um, is that to look at, like, Look at the woman or the, your partner. This is what sometimes really worked for me is like as the ocean. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a surfer. Or you can look at it as the ocean and you're a sailor. Or, yeah, like, like those two metaphors. Because I do think that a lot, especially queen bees, if you're attracted to the queen bee type like myself, um, and that hold a really divinely feminine essence, that they're there they're and the maybe more, they're different. They're different than you are. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they are, they're unpredictable they're like the ocean 
and that you can learn to surf the waves and that the best surfers mm. are not only the ones that surf the good waves, but someone that's like having the most fun surfing all conditions mm. and realizing that's the game. The game is like having fun in the all spectrum. conditions. It's not about only being able to enjoy a sunny day or a, a three foot day. It's like, well, can you surf? Can you, can you surf a 40 foot day, much less survive? Wow. <laughs> like, are you ready? Are you ready for that 40 foot day? Are you ready for the one foot? Are you ready for the flat days? And uh, mm. to enjoy that, enjoy being a surfer. Mm. It's so much fun. And there's so many different kind of boards to ride, and so many. And the ocean's always changing. Right. Mm. Really? That would be my. Uh, and I'm not sure if I understand the board metaphor, but I think I left it open ended. Uh, that felt a little risky, but I liked it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not all relationships are the same. Some some prefer. For both partners to be more level and both masculine and feminine but I think for someone that is seeking the more like here's a very strong feminine and here's a very strong masculine I think the more you allow or especially for women the more you can allow yourself to be the ma- the feminine flower the more you give space for the man to be the creative masculine mm. or creative uh, Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially in a lot of uh, <laughs> The other person to be in that role where you know if if it's not being balanced if uh let's say if i feel like he's not being masculine enough then it's it's natural that i will take that on yes. or the the woman starts to take on the masculine role and then yeah. all of a sudden there's it's like this, this dynamic polarity shift right yeah, yeah and then i'd also say it's really important to not forget about yourself Mm. And I, I see that over and over in relationships, like six months in, all of a sudden people, they forget to do what they used to love doing before they were in a relationship. They forget to stand by what it is that they believe before they were mm. in a relationship. And they mm. kind of just melt into this lump and all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, what happened? And things start to not work out. Um, so to stay true to yourself and keep doing the things that you love doing mm. it's important you're quiet <laughs> beautiful yeah I would say that there is a lady in Southern California that we visited once or twice uh, as a group it's a fun thing Pat Allen she does these mm-hmm. things on uh, Wednesdays in Costa Mesa. And from my understanding of which like I learned from my experience with her and who she is is it like Chemistry, compatibility, and communication yeah. are the three C's that make up a relationship. And the chemistry is the one that's the most, the strongest determining factor for a long-lasting relationship. And that basically means that there's a strong polarity yes. between masculine and feminine, whether that's two men or two women or a man and a woman. And I think Deanne and I, that's our strong suit. Like there's mm. a strong polarity between like maybe a bit could be judged as my hyper-masculinity and her hyper-femininity. Mm-hmm. And, um, that that's because that's been so strong and we've been so intentional about our communication, even our compatibility, I would say our, is our 
the last one. <laughs> we're working on it. It's fun. We'll take walks mm. in the morning. Now we found something to do together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the communication has been like, whoa. Yeah, they, I see that. That 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 example, I mm. it made so much sense mentally, and now I'm seeing it play out mm. in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, our communication yes. is actually now catalyzing our compatibility in a way. We're figuring out ways to be compatible. Some people want compatibility. You know, someone loves rock climbing. They're like, I want my future husband to love doing the same things that I do. And then, then if I understood Pat's perspective, that will more likely fizzle out. Mm-hmm. That relationship, a long term relationship, is built like, on a it, yeah. right, 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 yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah the, the masculine, feminine polarity. She thinks is hyper um, important for long term working out and I I really love I can't find many homes yeah. someone she says honestly totally I've been looking I haven't found many although she's controversial but I'm controversial so yeah. it, it works <laughs> yeah she might piss off some people and you might not I mean, I'm yeah. pissing off people who all well and, that, and that's beautiful because that just means that you know there's a great quote I forgot who said it but those who are offended easily should be offended more often <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so true right on yes right on I, this was awesome. I to that. Mm, this was awesome, guys. Congratulations. If anyone was offended, I highly congratulate you. And yeah. I trust that you're going to take that as like a check engine light and see what your uh, vehicle of life uh, desires to um, function more efficiently. Mm. Mm. And me too. I'm talking yeah. to myself with that one. Yeah. Likewise. <laughs> yeah. Super relevant. Cool. Well, this was a pleasure and I'm super happy that you guys invited me to your house to do this epic talk on how to have the most amazing relationship. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thanks for catalyzing it. My pleasure. Adding to it. It's happening. This is it. This is the relationship. You're seeing it. Yes. It is. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs)